welcome to Lost Levels Club. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. I have with me tonight Sir Michael. Hello. And myself. Timothy. Hello. 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 Hi. Hi. <laughs> We're a book club for games. But not today. Today, we are going to talk about Half-Life Alex. New developments at Oculus. Bioware's plans for Anthem. And the overhauled Sonic trailer. So let's start with Half-Life Alex. So what's the plan? If we can get this weapon, what we're doing here could change things forever. There's no straight shot to the vault. I'm going to head inside, find a way out. Got it. I'm with you every step of the way. You're going to need a gun. Don't worry, it's unloaded. It's unloaded now. Combine channel's really picking up. They know you're coming. You need to get out of here now. Half-Life 3 confirmed. No, wait. Half-Life 3 divided by 2 <laughs> confirmed. Half-Life 1.5. Was this a surprise to you? Was this a surprise to anyone? Did everyone see this coming? I'm not sure. I was kind of surprised, but I've not really been keeping up with gaming news. Despite having a gaming podcast, I've not really been keeping as much of an eye on the news as... I should have done recently. So this kind of caught me off guard. What we knew is that Valve were going to create full-length VR experiences. Yeah, I mean, they said in 2017 they were working on three full VR games. And then we just didn't really hear anything after that. Could they have been, should they have been Half-Life games? Yes, but no one... Well, there was a rumour... That one was a Half-Life game, but yeah, then nothing really concrete until suddenly this week, we're going to release a trailer for a new Half-Life game, Thursday 20th November, 10am, I can't remember which US time zone, but... Pacific. It's always Pacific these days. And boom, Half-Life Alex. Cue all the memes... Half-Life 3 confirmed, oh wait, how to count in Valve, 1, 2, Alex, etc. It's a full-length VR experience. Full-length meaning the same length as Half-Life 2, or around the same length. Yeah, I heard 15 to 20 hours, and designed from the ground up for VR. So, it's not a first-person shooter that they decided to make playable in vr they literally started out with they actually didn't even start out with it being a half-life game right they just wanted to make a vr game and they started out with the half-life assets and they were like actually we really can make a half-life game out of this and then just did it or something like that (laughs) so it's scheduled to be released in march 2020 which is pretty soon yeah i don't know do you want to talk about the trailer first Or do you want to talk about who's working on it? Uh, Let's talk about the trailer. Where should we begin? So, in Half-Life 2, it's Gravity Gun. This time around, it's... 
<laughs> what they call them, like magic hands? I don't know what the term is. Yeah, I, I think we actually do have like a special term for it, but I can't remember. But basically, you can point at things and then you can like flick your wrist back and the thing will like fly into your hand and then you can grab it. So their solution to the problem of having to like kneel down and pick things up off the floor in VR or walking over and picking up things and it making you really sick is basically instead you can just like vacuum things into your hands, which is cool, actually. It looks really cool. So... Yeah, I mean, a lot of the game seems to involve using your hands to, like, push stuff about or grab stuff and, like, poking your head around corners. Like, they show a bit where your left hand is, like, holding onto some, like, control panel or control rod or something and you're, like, pulling or pushing it. And then in your right hand, you've got a gun and you're, like, peeking around the column and shooting at, you know, zombies. Or another scene where, you know, you're in some flats and you're, like, rifling through the shelves to find like a shell that you then put into your gun and then shoot a combine soldier with so like the you know the shells or bullets or whatever they are aren't just you know they're on the shelf for you to like pick up like an ammo pickup like you're literally like having to push other stuff out the way because they're hidden behind some books or something and then you pick up one and put it into your gun and it seems like reloading is a real manual process which you can fumble yeah, I mean, it looks really like they've gone for immersion. Like, yeah, you have to like eject the clip and then take another clip and put it in the gun. And did you see the enemies? Something I've, I can't imagine enjoying is a head crab lunging at me while I'm in VR. You can just punch it out of <laughs> the sky, just like, boof, punch it like a football. What if you fail, though? I don't want like a head crab. I don't have the verb. I don't have the verb munching at my face, munching my face in VR. Just hold your arms up in front of your face. <laughs> and I'm not punching myself or my VR set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. That's true. Hadn't thought of it like that. You're right, I'm just going to like punch my headset off. Full immersion. Yeah, full immersion. When you die in VR, yeah. <laughs> When you die in VR, you fall over in real life. You you break your headset and you have to buy a new one. Th- there is a moment at the start of the trailer where it shows a head crab just like jumping at you. Yeah, I think that I think that actually has put a few people off. It'll be fine. Were there any puzzles in the trailer? There were, right? Oh, there was a puzzle where you kind of were looking at the wiring in a wall and you could like point and like rotate your wrist and it was like changing the wiring inside the wall so you you need to to complete the wiring to open a door or something yes yes exactly exactly so i wonder there'll be you know with gravity gun it was more physics puzzles maybe these will be more the problem is presented to you and you have to manipulate some sort of circuitry with your hands i think it's cool i mean it's going to be the gravity gun was a very blunt instrument right like it was quite revolutionary for the time but really, it's just like punting things around, just like vacuuming things up and punting them. Whereas this is much finer. You know, the, I mean, are you going to get a much more tactile experience? Is tactile the right word? I don't know. You're going to be able to manipulate things on a much smaller scale, much more delicately. Uh, I really want to talk about a, there's an Apple Arcade game where you play someone who's, who just fixes things. So, camera 
for instance, handheld gaming console, telephone, and all you're doing is unscrewing something and screwing it back together. You can have a lot of sort of those kinds of situations. And how does... I've never played... What's the bomb diffusion game? Oh, keep talking and nobody explodes. I don't really know how that works in reality because I've never played it. But can you recreate those sort of scenarios? Would you want to recreate those scenarios within a a longer game? Uh, I I really think it could be fun. Yeah. I mean, keep talking and nobody explodes. A lot of it is about the asymmetric nature of the gameplay. Like one person's got the manual and the other person's... Well, I mean traditionally they have a vr headset on so obviously only they can see and manipulate the bomb but yeah the manipulation part if you had these proper hand controllers could be way more fun or it could be really frustrating i don't know i mean i did hear a big chunk of the gameplay even involves like things like doors so if you think about it Doors in FPS games are very like binary, like the doors open or the doors close. And you walk up to it and you push the action button and the door opens, right? Whereas in this, you grab the door handle and you can open the door as much or as little as you want. And there was some allusion to this in the interview where they're talking about the game with Jeff Keighley, where he's discussing with the devs and they're saying, you know, if we tried to make this traditional mouse and keyboard game either you'd lose a lot of the gameplay or we'd have to devote half the keyboard to like how you want to open the door in a specific way because there's a lot of it where you're doing things like you know opening the door a crack and taking a peek out or putting your just your gun through the door and shooting but you're not opening the door fully and stuff like that so there's a lot of like nuance in the gameplay that you can get because you know you have this fine control but I mean, I, I'm also still slightly curious about how it's going to work because, yeah, you have these magical grabby hands and, yeah, you can interact with objects in a very fine way. But the fundamental problem of VR is you feel horrifyingly sick if you move. And for a first person action game, I don't see how you can avoid moving fast. Did you see an article about what it supports? in terms of headsets, but also in, in terms of movement? Yeah, I, I know you can do the teleporting movement, and I know you can you can free move if you want. I just I just don't know if teleporting movement is going to be fun for an action game. I guess I'd get used to it. Okay, so the movement problem still exists. They've not fixed that. They've not solved that. Just giving you options. I, mean, I, I, want, I even wonder if that one is solvable. It might, you know what it might be? I and mean, This is kind of sad. It might actually literally be that if you start playing VR games as a kid, you don't get VR sickness. And it's only us adults that will. Because I know people said, you know, like reading in a car used to make them sick or something. And like, I've never had that problem, for example. Oh, I have that problem. Oh, really? Or, or people, you know, people used playing 3D games for the first time feel motion sick. And obviously I've never had that problem. So maybe if you're a kid and you play VR games from when you're young, you can just run around in VR and it's fine. But you're not meant to play VR games when you're young. Oh, really? No. Is it because it will mess up your, you know, like, sense of balance? Because <laughs> you can just run around without getting sick. And then when you take the helmet off, then you feel really disgustingly sick. Put me back! Put me back! I can't take the real world! 
Or is it something to do with the, your eye development, isn't it? I don't know. Or have I got that conflicted with some, um, confused with yeah, something Yeah, you're, you're probably right. You're probably right. And I know that's why the 3DS allegedly is not for under sixes or some nonsense. Oh, well. Actually, the other thing I wanted to comment about on the trailer is that it just looks really good. It's, it's really... It's funny to see City 17 in 2020, right? Because, like... It's one of those games where you think back to how the game looked and obviously your brain's being quite charitable and filling in all sorts of details. And if you if you look at Half-Life 2 now, it's like, oh, this game looked kind of bad, actually. Like, it's got a good art style, but it's really, by today's standards, quite low poly. But the City 17 in this trailer is really up to today's standard looks sharp although i say that when you put it on the vr headset it's going to look really muddy anyway but shall we talk about the who's working on it yeah i don't know i don't know if you care as much as i do i don't so you should do the talking you clearly don't this was such a big deal to me so the team who who put together firewatch got acquired by Valve. Campo Santo. Yeah, and they were working on a game. Valley of the Gods? Yes, and I spoke to you a few weeks ago saying, I don't know where this game has gone. It's all, you know, references to it. Yeah, it's all gone quiet. It. What's happened to it? And then... And now we know. <laughs> now we know that they're working on this. Yeah, they're working on the story for this game. Which gives me hope. Yeah, let's hope it's a let's hope it's a good story. I mean, I obviously actually think a good story is really important. How good could it be? It could be the killer. I don't know. Could it be? Maybe I, I like to hype things up a little. It could be the killer app for VR. Yeah, it is quite a bold thing to do to make a game of this length with this kind of production budget that can only be played in vr because your addressable market is actually relatively small i mean i say that maybe maybe you'll be able to play it on like psvr or something but i don't think so i mean at release it's certainly only targeting steam and windows well if you're paying it (laughs) this is a dumb how much does the Valve Index cost? A lot. They're just bundling it in as part of the, the a lot. Yeah, maybe you're right. I think if you buy a Valve Index now, you'll get it. Is that yes. true? That's okay. true. Maybe they think they can drive sales of the Valve Index with this. I mean, maybe. I mean, there are definitely people who are willing to pay a lot to play the next Half-Life game. But you could just pay not a lot to also play the next Half-Life game by buying an Oculus. Well, just because the Oculus costs much less. Yes. Yeah, it's like half the cost of a Valve Index. And then, like, for me, I already have an Oculus. So, yes. I mean, I, I will buy it. Given that I have a VR headset already, it would seem stupid to not take the opportunity to play it. Okay. Hold that thought and we can move on to Oculus. 
So when I heard that I was up for a Lifetime Achievement Award for VR, I actually thought it might be premature. I'm often uh, kind of grumpy around the office because I really haven't been satisfied with the pace of progress that we've been making. You know, when I'm in VR, I see the magic there, but my brain is always throwing up these giant to-do post-it notes on top of everything, just reminding me of all the work that's yet to be done. So it's going to be a little while before uh, I really feel good about reminiscing about my achievements. But still, I'm, you know, while I had my brushes with sort of the Paleo VR back in the 90s, I do like to date the modern era of VR to when I was putting duct tape and hot glue on Palmer Luckey's prototype Rift for e So John Carmack was, is, but he received a Lifetime Achievement Award. Actually, that's something else, isn't it? Let's, let's not do that. Let's start, no, but no, no, let's start with that. Let's start with John Carmack received a Lifetime Achievement Award at the VR Awards. I didn't even know there were VR Awards until this new story, but there are VR Awards. And he is quoted as saying, I really haven't been satisfied with the pace of progress we've been making in VR. And then following that, he is... He announced that he's stepping down as CTO of Oculus, though he's going to retain a consulting CTO position which means he'll still, you know, keep an eye on it, but he won't be involved in the day-to-day. -day, which is like, okay, interesting. But the more interesting news, I think, is that he's stepping away from being CTO of Oculus so that he can work on artificial general intelligence. That's really interesting, I think. This is because, this is because you think highly of John Carmack, clearly. He's like a genius, yeah. He's actually like some sort of legendary genius. I mean, like John Carmack just kind of farts out revolutionary algorithms. Like he's just like, this thing that everyone thought was impossible, oh, I did it last Tuesday. So you, have, you, you definitely have high expectations of this, from this. Well, I mean, I don't know, because obviously artificial intelligence, general artificial intelligence is a completely unsolved problem. And he himself acknowledges this, right? He said, I think it will be interesting, I mean, paraphrasing here, I think it'll be interesting to work on something where, you know, the solution is further out. Like, you know, there is no obvious solution to this. It's not a matter of looking at some research literature and then just optimizing the hell out of it. You know, like taking something that people know how to do, but think is impractical to do and then making it work really fast. It's not that. It's literally, no one knows how to do it. Full stop. Except John Carmack. You made a good point, saying that he's still at Facebook, and what does Facebook have? Like, all the data. Facebook has some huge corpus of data. Everyone's posts and photos and pictures and inane chat messages, etc. I mean, we played Eliza recently, and, you know, the huge thing about that was they were gathering all the data to train their general AI. I mean, Facebook has that kind of data. Yes. If you could create an AI-run profile, and it could interact with the world in a human-like way and fool the world, that would be a good test. 
I don't know. I mean, I think there are already bot profiles out there, but that's like a very narrow. But they're not believable, though. They're obviously bots. They're always just like busty (laughs) women in your area. Yeah, I know. It's like nonsense. But if you could fool people. If you could fool people, you could make a lot of money. Yes. John Carmack's just going to go catfishing with his AI. That would be hilarious. I don't think that's what he's going to do. But yeah, it'll be really interesting to see if he manages to make any kind of breakthrough. I thought, isn't there some funny tweet where, you know, Elon Musk has likened creating a general AI to summoning a demon. And so wouldn't it be funny if John Carmack is famous for both Doom and then summoning a real demon? You know, that's how Doom happens, hell on earth. John Carmack makes an AI and then it builds a load of flesh monstrosities that then conquer the planet. Uh oh. Shall we move on? Yeah, okay, let's move on. Something that's been around but has only cu- just come out of beta is the Oculus Link. Yeah, I think this was announced quite some time ago. Because there was the Oculus Rift S with the inside out tracking. And then the Oculus Quest, a completely self-contained inside-out tracking VR headset. So you don't need to connect it to a PC. But the downside is that it's much less powerful. So you're not going to get really you know, crisp, high-fidelity graphics. It's kind of like mobile-class hardware. But then shortly after they announced it, they also announced this thing called Oculus Link, where you could basically just plug in your Oculus Quest to a PC and just use the PC to power it just like you can an Oculus Rift. At which point people started saying, what's the point of the Rift S? Exactly. Which I actually think is a really good question. What is the point of the Rift S? Rip Rift S owners. This makes a very compelling argument for the Oculus Quest. It's like best of both worlds, right? Since... You get a completely self-contained VR headset. And also, if you want more horsepower, just connect it to a PC. Because obviously this is what you do after watching the Half-Life Alex trailer and you don't have a VR headset. You figure out which one to buy. Pretty much. And the Valve Index is just too expensive. Yeah. So you get the Quest. The Quest seems like a good choice for a lot of people. Because you don't have to have it tethered to your PC either. You can just you can basically just like play Beat Saber on it, which is what most people actually do in VR. It seems. I still haven't bought Beat Saber. I really need to try Beat Saber. So to finish off, when was the last time you put that headset on, Mike? A really long time ago, like more than a year ago, I think. At this point. Do you even remember what you were playing? I had this chat with someone, actually, because I was asking them, oh, what do you think of the Half-Life Alex demo? And they also were saying, oh, what, have you used the VR headset recently? I was like, actually, no. I think the last time the VR headset got used was to play Rick and Morty Virtual Recality. And I didn't even play it. I actually just like set it up and let some friends try it out. And I didn't even actually play the game. 
And that's the last time my VR headset got used. So it's been a long time. It's just such a faff. It's, it's, it's mostly because I live in, well, I live in what's considered actually a big flat by Hong Kong standards, but by like American standards, it would be considered very small. And thus, there isn't really room to have it set up all the time. Because, you know, I've got the version that needs two tracking cameras and there's just like nowhere to put these tracking cameras. Or I guess there is, but then I have to declutter my desk and like, I just can't bear to Mary condo it. Like, you know, all this precious gas bills from a year ago, you never know when I might need them. I should sort my life out. Maybe that is really all that's wrong with your life. You just need serious decluttering. Once you clear that tail of boxes, you've discovered the essence of life again. I'm not sure it's that simple, but <laughs> we can try. <laughs> Maybe I'll get hooked on Beat Saber. Maybe that will actually be it. You know, I'll I'll get hooked on Beat Saber. I'll get back into shape. Not that I'm particularly out of shape, but I'll get more into shape. Okay, Beat, <laughs> beat Saber is, good, is the answer to all things. Yeah, I should play Beat Saber with the actual lightsaber and then like video it. There you go. That can be my YouTube thing. When I accidentally like smash my light fittings with a lightsaber <laughs> and knock the monitor off the table. So what you do is you take off the headset, celebrating your expert level win, and then you quickly realize you've trashed the room. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Anything to close? You have no particular interest in VR, do you? Not really. Not unless like Half-Life Alex gets like... 95 plus on Metacritic. Yeah. When we first started this podcast, quickly, you said it would be more and more difficult for a game to get 95 plus because it's hard to achieve universal acclaim. All it takes is one outlier and then it's over for you. But it's a VR game, so only really hardcore PC publications are going to review it. And they're all going to give it 100%. I, think, I don't think so. I think people will... I, IGN will review it, for instance. And what do you think? They're, they're going to be like, I couldn't get past this tutorial. <laughs> One out of ten. <laughs> I put the VR controller on my feet. I didn't understand it. So next, I want to talk about Bioware's plans for Anthem. I mean, this is notionally a section of, if it's broke, you really should fix it. Because it can happen, successfully. I think it's interesting that they're, they're talking about this Anthem do-over as Anthem Next. Isn't that what No Man's Sky did? I mean, they're, they're, 
they want to do a No Man's Sky on Anthem. Yes and no. There's no commitment to how they'll do it. From the article, it seems like there's a plan to overhaul it. But there's no decision on how that overhaul will be presented to the world, how, how it'll be distributed. What's interesting is that they've not given up on it. They've just gone totally quiet on, on the whole thing. I mean, is it a sunk cost fallacy? I mean, like, as much as they spent on it, it's worth spending more to try and, and make it good. What, what, what do you mean? Like, Anthem wasn't a cheap game to make, right? Like, it went through development hell. Yes. And they showed it too early. Like, they, they showed something to the world. Like, we're going to make this amazing, you know, FPS RPG. And we're Bioware, so we know what we're doing. But at the time they showed it, it was kind of just like a tech demo. Like, they didn't really have a notion of the story or the gameplay or any coherency. Yes, there was nothing coherent about it. Yes, they, they shoehorned this fly mechanic, which they agreed was very cool and they wanted it in. And then they had to run with that. And they've never quite figured out what Anthem is from the sounds of it. I mean, the thing is, like, I haven't even played Anthem. You have played it. Have you actually hit the level cap even? Or the people you were playing it with did, right? That's a good point. I don't remember. I finished the game. I have started getting some masterwork equipment gear. Have hit the level cap? Probably. But I couldn't say for sure. Okay. I mean, I'm, my main experience with this kind of game is Destiny. So I guess it sounds like you've done the equivalent of hitting level 20 in the original Destiny. And now you're grinding for light level or whatever. Yeah. Grinding for gear. So... Yeah, the question is, how are they going to fix it? Because they could take the Destiny route and do it as an expansion. Or they could take the No Man's Sky route and just fix it as a major update and be like, all right, it's a do-over, everybody. Here's the fixed game. Start again. Though I even heard that they might literally do it as a sequel or something, which just seems offensive to all the people they bamboozled with the first one. But hey-ho. You could have steep discounts. That would be okay as well. Yeah, I guess so. A discount if you bought the game originally. Because I suppose... No, it's not just on PC though, is it? It's console too. So, I mean, on PC, it's fairly straightforward to do that. Because if it's on... Actually, is it on Origin? Yeah, it's on Origin. Okay. I mean, I assume... I know you can do this on Steam. I presume you can do it on Origin. Where if you own the previous game, you get a big discount. So... Yeah, on PC, it's simple. On console, I don't know how they would do it. You have to, like, go and trade in your original Anthem disc or something? Your, your EA account or Origin account will be tied to Anthem. Yeah, so if you're buying it digitally, that's one thing. But if you have a physical disc... So long as you registered it or logged in, would that be fine? I don't but you know. But you could just lend it to your mate and they could yeah. they could log in with it too, right? Like... I don't see how they could do that discount on console. Or if you're logged in X days ago, not, no, before the, this date. You could be that generous. You could be that generous. 
Well, I mean, to be honest, they should probably give it away for free anyway, shouldn't they? Actually, who knows? Who knows? I mean, No Man's Sky was kind of shocking that they did just give it away for free after doing that much work on the game. They must have made a lot of money. Well, I mean, I guess No Man's Sky was priced as a AAA game, but it was still an indie-sized studio making... A, a very big indie-sized studio, but still an indie-sized studio. It wasn't like thousands of people working on it. It was about, what, like a hundred, I think. So I guess, relative to the size of the studio, they really did make a lot of money and could afford to. But Anthem was very expensive to make, right? So maybe they can't afford to be that generous. I mean, what is wrong with Anthem? Like, you know, you have to tell me, because... Well, I don't know. I mean, I refused to buy it from the outset. I was just like, I just can tell it's going to be terrible. But, but you tell me what's wrong. There's no mission variety. So I think there's only three types of missions you can really do. The The environments don't match. Like you said, no, they talked about putting in this flying, flying mechanic quite late. So the environments don't match that. They don't gel nicely. So sometimes there'll be invisibles that you will just bounce off of. And they have this mechanic where your engines will overheat slightly too early. And that sort of I feel like that's something to do with the environment itself. And the the core gameplay loop isn't tight enough. It doesn't feel like it's a very skill-based shooter. A lot of the gear is missing as well. Missing? <clears throat> so for instance, with the weapons, you don't see a new a new model for upgrades. It's the same model, just different colours. And things like helmets aren't there. I've not I don't think I've ever Maybe they have put one in recently, but for the first few months, there were no new helmets, but you knew there were slots for them, for instance. Okay, I mean, that sounds pretty bad. That that sounds worse than Destiny, significantly worse than Destiny. So the the rumor was that they they held them back, so they bring them out slowly, but then they just didn't have enough of them, and they thought they weren't good enough. So people started complaining, and that put extra pressure on them being the kit being available, being proper. And I think they just never put it in because they had so many other problems to fix. And a lot, a lot of it was, oh, we saw this in the preview. We saw this in the demo. We saw this, you know, in the vertical slice you showed us originally. Why is it not there now? And that was, that became a problem. And I was like, it's a fake. We faked it for that demo. There was only one helmet. You've seen it. We can change the color if you like. So what's good is Iron Man the game. I really believe that. So it's just like this Iron Man fly around power fantasy. And then you have missiles, you know, you have a a launch on your shoulder, which will just fire off 12 missiles, all auto-targeting the enemies. That works. That's neat. And then you have like a, a tank-like Hulkbuster, Hulkbuster. Is that right? That's the big Iron Man armor, yeah. yeah. So they have that equivalent. And cool things, you can choose the, the material of your suit. So you can you can have like have a um a plastic finish, a metal finish, etc. That was quite good on the character customization. It's just intriguing. Like how many of these looter shooters is it a looter shooter? FPS grinding shooter? I d I don't even know. what is the correct subgenre for this? You know, can the market support? Because Destiny obviously is the the one that gets a lot of coverage. Warframe 
has just been ticking along in the background and has a really dedicated following and appears to actually be pretty good. And then now this. There's Division, which didn't do well. And Division, that's true. Yeah. I don't know, I'm just wondering, you know, how many are there actually players for, you know, that can, can they actually get a reasonably sized player base that makes it worth trying to fix it? Are they really going to be able to steal a big enough chunk of Destiny's player base? Given that Destiny just basically gave itself, well, Destiny 2 basically just gave itself away for free for a while. A lot of companies are building these games as a service. So there must be belief that there is enough. Like, for instance, Ghost Recon Breakpoint came out only recently. Obviously, it flopped. It may prove your point. <laughs> but it's just so dystopian when you, say, when you put it like that, games as a service. Right. Is the game serving you or are you serving the game? You know, you're just on the loot treadmill. You're just like, oh, I'm just going to do one more thing. Oh, if only I just pay this money, then I can do that new thing. You know, like, who's serving who? Just play PUBG. <laughs> There's no date for this overhaul, right? It's just rumoured that it's happening. Yes. Very strongly rumoured. Mm, Kotaku Jason Schreier rumour. So that's quite strong, yes. Okay. Well, we can wait and see. I tell you what's not a rumour. I'm Sonic, a little ball of super energy in an extremely handsome package. On my planet, people were always after my powers. So I came to yours. It gets a little lonely, but that's okay. I am living my best life on Earth. Ow! Let the plate Sonic! Let the bitches mount also Sonic! Ugh, I can't with that guy. Sonic the freaking hedgehog. Have you seen the new trailer? Of course I've seen the new trailer. The new trailer is amazing. I'm just like blown away by how good the new trailer is. But is it amazing because you saw what came before? Or is it amazing in its own right? I I don't know. Because obviously I can't go to an alternate universe where I didn't see the previous trailer. You know, to get my reaction from seeing just this one. But it is like night and day. Like they really, I feel like they really correctly captured like the essence of what Sonic's meant to be about this time. Because like last time you had the weird gangster's paradise, a human Sonic, like running around. And the, the whole thing was just like kind of like wrong, wrong on like in so many little ways. And then this new one is just like, wow. This is a Sonic movie. But it's still a Sonic movie. I mean, yes. So it's, it's not going to be as good as a Mario movie? It's not oh, going to be me. as good as a Pokemon did, did you, movie? Did you see the previous Mario movie? <laughs> <laughs> Have it's you seen good. the Mario Brothers movie? It's not as good as a 21st century Mario movie. Yeah, I mean, I mean apparently they're making a new one. I mean, that'll be interesting. I actually can't imagine how they can make a good Mario movie as well, actually. I'm waiting to be surprised there. I mean, because 
Mario doesn't really ever talk, but then they just is it is it Illumination making it? So they're just going to turn Mario into a minion. He's just going to make like faux Italian pasta noises, and then maybe that's enough. Who voices Sonic the Hedgehog? Oh, good question. I don't know. Oh, Ben Schwartz. Is that name meant to mean something to me? I'm just saying, they found Ben Schwartz to voice Sonic. They found Ryan Reynolds to voice Pikachu. They just need to find someone to voice Mario. But but Mario's already got a voice. That's the problem. Mario is Charles Martinet. Mamma mia! And all that. I think Hollywood will, will pull something out of its arse, for better or worse. <laughs> They'll pull something out of their warp pipe. Yeah, I'm actually very... Well, you know, this is a very deep question for another day. Could they pick up a Hollywood actor just to to voice Mario? I really think Mario is a character that's more, like, embedded in people's minds that what he should be. I think it's going to be difficult to make a Mario movie if it's like a cartoon, because... Or because the games already look like that. This Sonic one, like, Sonic hasn't been anywhere near as popular a character recently. And so I feel like they can get away with it. Also, this Sonic, well, this Sonic's obviously gone on a very roundabout journey being, like, too human (laughs) and then back again. I mean, the funny thing to think, actually, is that they haven't, like, changed the movie, right? They haven't, like reshot any scenes with the humans they've just re-rendered this new sonic in so all the weird stuff in the previous trailer must still be in there like the bit where you know sonic is fast enough to avoid like a load of bullets but too slow to avoid a tranquilizer dart and just randomly says meow (laughs) you know like all that is still in there they just didn't show it in this particular trailer but yeah it's is strange to think. And yet this trailer made the movie look actually pretty good. What does pretty good mean? I'm kind of tempted to go watch it. Actually, I'm pretty sure that the retro gaming meetup group I go to will do an excursion to go and watch it. And you'll be there. Because, you know, they they did that for Detective Pikachu as well. So it wouldn't surprise me if there's a Sonic the Hedgehog movie excursion. Okay. And yeah, I would go. I would watch this movie. To be honest, I probably would have watched it even if it was the horrific Human Sonic 2, just just to see how bad it was. Like, I really hope if there's a Blu-ray of this, that they have the original, like, Monster Sonic version as well, so that you could actually see what it was like before. And I heard that it cost, what, $5 million? us to to re-render all the scenes Mm, that's what i heard so it wasn't free but at the same time in the land of hollywood budgets that's not too bad i mean you know the the movie will probably do more than five million dollars better as a result of this do-over an interesting question which i think we're all thinking was it all a clever marketing ploy we brought this up last time, didn't we? Because this isn't actually the first time we've talked about the horrifying Sonic the Hedgehog trailer. Like, 
do you think that first trailer was an insanely clever marketing stunt? It could be. I like to think people are this smart rather than people are this dumb. Because, you know, the really smart thing to have done would have been to have had this Sonic all along and just rendered a few scenes with the bad Sonic. With, like, Sanic the Hedgehog instead, right? <laughs> when is this Mario movie coming out? Is it around the same time? No, I don't think. I think, I think Mario movies no particular date. Oh, it's 2022. Yeah, so they got a while to figure out the Mario movie. Okay, so let's put in a prediction for 2022. What will they do with Mario's voice? It's a really tough one because I can I can see it, you know, the the two ways I think it can go are the detective Pikachu route where you get a Hollywood actor with, you know, a good voice to be Mario. But I actually don't think that's very likely. I think it's going to go the Minions route and you're going to get Charles Martinet doing a load of wacky catchphrases and Mario is not going to have any long lines of dialogue. It's going to be a movie where I think where like most of the dialogue actually is said by Princess Peach and you just have Mario and Luigi making weird slapstick noises and having weird elastic bodies. And Princess Peach will be voiced by Sandra Bullock. <laughs> yeah, fine, let's go with that. And would, could you give Toad a proper voice? Yeah, Toad, I can imagine Toad saying long sentences already. Although in his slightly weird screechy voice. And Yoshi? Yoshi's a dinosaur, man. Yoshi's just going to do his like, weird leg kick thing and it's going to make the egg noise. Okay, I can imagine it working. I can imagine it working. So... I think it's just actually literally going to be like the Minions movie. I'm not sure if you could say that works. I can, it'll work because you still have Princess Peach and Toad doing the bulk of the work. And then Mario, Luigi providing the slapstick. Well, Luigi providing the slapstick, but then Mario being kind of a... Who's going to voice Bowser? Who's going to voice Bowser? Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, <laughs> fresh, fresh from his performance as Robotnik, he's just gonna he's just gonna voice all the computer game villains from now on. That's a great prediction. I love that. We were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please, please, please. You can find us on email, Mike at lostlevels.club. On Twitter, at Lost Levels Club, and Reddit, slash r slash Lost Levels Club, on Twitch, and YouTube as Lost Levels Club. So Mike, what are you grateful for today? What am I grateful for? I mean, I've got lots of things to be ungrateful for. I've got this terrible cold. I'm not allowed that, though, am I? I can, see, I can see you, like, shaking your head and flailing your arms about No, this is wrong. You're doing it wrong. Okay, what am I grateful for? My AirPods Pros got delivered. Did you get them engraved? No. But it's free. It doesn't mean I have to get it done. You should. It's like a deterrent. It stops people from nicking your AirPod Pros. What should I have written on them? 
F off. These are mine. <laughs> F off. These are mine. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind for next time. Yeah, because they're not going to steal that. Well, they may steal that anyway. If you put Sir Mike, then they're not going to steal it. Property of Sir Michael. Because they can't sell it on easily. They could still sell it on. So they could probably sell it on for more if it says F off. It's hilarious. <laughs> yes, true. So put your name on it. So Michael says bye. Bye bye. <laughs>